This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. <laughs> oh, if you guys could only hear what we talk about during the breaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you wish, don't you wish back in 1982 when someone was saying, hey, uh, what are we going to get Mike for his birthday? Oh, let's buy him that Basquiat painting. That Jean-Michel Basquiat painting. You know, the weird one with the head? Kind of looks kind of spooky. Yeah, it's $19,000. We can get that for nineteen grand. that would be great. He loves that kind of colorful art. I wish I had friends that had that kind of genius. Apparently... Somebody saw what was going to happen in the future as uh, Sotheby's dropped the auction hammer last night and sold the Basquiat painting for a record $110.5 million. $110.5 million. This was a 10-minute bidding war that went for the, it went on and on and on. Now, I... I'm just saying this. This is um, also, it was purchased by a Japanese online fashion retailer. Uh, the guy who set up this this gigantic, very successful company. He's got a collection. He's also got a Picasso he paid $22 million for. So that means he thinks this Basquiat is five times as valuable. Last year, he purchased another Basquiat for $57 million, which was a record price then. For a Basquiat, five seven point three million last year. So what does the guy do this year? Thinking, you know, I, I have to get another Basquiat. A hundred and ten point five million dollars. Amazing. And no, they're not making any more of them. Basquiat died of a drug overdose when he was just twenty-seven in nineteen eighty-eight. It's not a small painting, though. It's seventy-two and a half inches by. 68 inches. It's a pretty big size. You got to have a big wall. So if you, but you know, I'm guessing if you have a hundred and ten million dollars to spend on one painting, you've got a decent sized wall or two somewhere in your house. Wow! 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 Earlier in the the first hour of the show, we opened the show talking about Anthony Weiner and the fact that Anthony Weiner is has pleaded guilty, facing jail time for basically sending sexual, sexy, inappropriate photos, dirty pictures to an underage person. Being a pedophile, I guess that's the right way to call it, right? Looks like he's going to have to register as a sex offender. He pled guilty today. He, um, he cried in court. And now here's the weird thing about that. There are people actually kind of defending Anthony Weiner online. There are people who are saying, well, don't be so harsh. Don't be so tough on Anthony Weiner. Maggie Haberman of the New York Times was telling people, hey, let's. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to phrase it incorrectly, but she's saying we should all go soft on Weiner because he's got a kid. Maggie Haberman of the New York Times wants us all to, you know, give Anthony Weiner a break because he's a dad. Because he is uh, 
he's he's a father of a child and that child deserves deserves to be shielded from whatever his dad has done are you kidding me are you kidding me the guy's a pedophile he's a repeat offender and maggie haberman's going to defend him you need to watch the movie wiener trust me you need to watch the movie wiener and then justify anybody who can't get upset and say this guy is getting everything he deserves and in fact he's getting a light sentence we don't even know if he's going to get jail time wiener doesn't get sentenced until september and based on what we're hearing that his his lawyers are wrangling to get almost no jail time for him almost no jail time that's that's kind of what's going on here they basically said they won't appeal anything between a a 21 and a 27 month sentence so really maggie haberman really what what are you defending and all of you and hillary clinton when is hillary clinton going to come out and denounce anthony weiner or is she standing by huma's man she has a history of doing such in the past remember the situation with bill so very interesting by the way huma huma didn't attend uh weiner's guilty plea and from the reports we're hearing there were no family members in court so anybody anybody who who jumps on jumps on the uh support anthony weiner band bandwagon even his own family isn't standing next to him. Even his wife is not standing next to him. So Maggie Haberman of the New York Times, you're defending a pedophile. You really are. Oh, boy. I, I think this is going to go on all day as we're going to see people jumping on this and either supporting Wiener or or realizing that that he is a pedophile and we need to all be honest about that we need to all be really brutally honest about that and let's remember especially when he gets no jail time because you know this is what's going to happen September 8th a judge is going to say he's lived in solitude since the since the uh, admission in court last May his life is ruined and so we need to give him a break. Uh, he suffered enough, Your Honor. This is the, the kind of mentality, the exact same kind of mentality that made sure Bradley slash Chelsea Manning was released from prison yesterday. They've, they've suffered enough. Well, what about their victims? What about the victims? What about the young girl? And, and the others we don't know about. Was there more than one? Well, yeah, even Anthony Weiner admitted there was more than one. There was a scene in the movie, Weiner, an actual scene where his press person is talking to him about how many. And it's one of the most uncomfortable scenes. Well, the whole movie is pretty damn uncomfortable. But listen to this guy. He's a serial offender. And now we're all supposed to be considerate because he has a young son. 
What about the young girls? Again, the left, juxtaprogressiveness on display. The left rushing to protect the children of a pedophile, the child of a pedophile, when nobody rushed to protect the young girls this predator was was preying upon. Here's just a few seconds of this scene where his press person, a woman I can't believe stuck with him through all this, as you know, Huma was married to him, had a kid. But how did any women stay with this guy throughout all of this? Anthony Weiner from Weiner being asked about how many are there. I just want to look at the questions and talk to you about how you want to answer those. So the answer to were people in the campaign other than Huma aware? Okay. No. And had there been multiple online exchanges with multiple people, or was it just this, this one? Can I just say multiple people, or is it just this one? I think you've got to, I mean, there was more than one. So I think, I think we've got to answer the question. I think we've got to answer the question. There was more than one. It is one of the most remarkable documentaries you will see. And as I said in the first hour, the opening, the opening of this movie shows you a young politician. Granted, he was a flaming liberal who would have turned us into a progressive America in a heartbeat had he gotten any higher up than just a congressman. He had hoped to be mayor of New York. He was leading the campaign when the third indiscretion was exposed. He was leading. He finished dead last. But the fact that this guy, convicted now, sentenced in the fall, is being defended or being sheltered by liberals, female liberals, as important, as powerful as Maggie Haberman, is just disturbing and I don't know how any of you on the left will stand up and, and rush to defend Anthony Weiner or tell everybody, stop piling on. Frank in Pennsylvania, how are you, sir? Welcome to the Friday show. Am I out of line here? I, I don't know, Mike. The, the, sentence, the sentencing guidelines... Uh, Make, you know the deal he's got is, makes his sentence likely to be a little flaccid, but um, I really think all the media attention is giving him a bad rap. So uh, sorry. <laughs> I see what you did there, Frank, and thank yeah. you for bringing right. me in from the ledge. Yeah, uh, that's it. Uh, you should really you should really bring in uh, Chris Cruz on the on the dating question. He's he's our he's our resident expert, I think. Are you saying Chris Cruz is an expert on dating? On bad dating. Well, they, okay, now now you're right. Now I think you're 100% yeah. correct. He's, he's our bad dating expert. You should definitely bring him in on that question. Well, uh, you, well, you're saying that Chris Cruz might be a baseline for what a bad date looks like? At least, yes. That would, that would be it. Well, here's the, here's the reality, and, and we're talking about the story out of Austin, Texas, where the guy asked his date, it was the first date, to stop texting during the Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And when she wouldn't, uh, he told her to take it out to the lobby, and she did and kept walking. And she drove, so he got stuck in the theater. Chris Cruz would have slept in the theater. That's the reality. And he would have had, he would have had Doc come pick him up on the way to work in the morning. See? In, in his stinky car, yeah. It's, it's such a mild 
comparison to how Chris's dates go. I, I, I'm not sure that it was as bad as you think it was. Well, it's a, certainly a case uh, worthy of Judge Judy, but I'm guessing you <laughs> voted against uh, supporting texting during the movie. I'm, I'm guessing you're a no. It's never appropriate. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I want to see the movie. Yeah, I, I paid to see <laughs> the movie. If you can't take two hours and 17 minutes out of your life to enjoy something or to you willfully can, suspend disbelief, you got a bigger problem than, you, than you, we you know. You can text when we have the DVD. That's right. You'll do text from the couch when we're watching it at home. Well, thanks for joining the party today, and thanks for bringing me in off the ledge. But uh, I, I'm sure, I'm sure when I finally get to my Van Jones clip and my Maxine Waters clip, uh, I'll be back out there. Oh, and I have some kind words—really not kind words—for Richard Blumenthal, the senator from Connecticut, uh, or I'm just going to call him Dick. Listen, Dick Blumenthal. We, uh, we're going to disagree on something, and I'll share with you uh, all what it is. And, and for those of you sensing a theme in today's show, you're correct. And I'll get a note from HR later. Michael Pelka, I'm Pure Opelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I need some time to dive into some of the stories that are happening today. There was a briefing again with the full House yesterday. The full Senate got a briefing on the firing of Jim Comey and how the deputy attorney general broke it down for them. And again, it, it looks like no details out of the out of the briefing, but Richard Blumenthal, Dick Blumenthal from Connecticut, came out and said uh, he wants to he wants to uh, have unlimited funds, unlimited funds to cover this. Really. That's what we need. Unlimited funds. For a secret. Secret investigation. I'm sorry, Richard Blumenthal. No. No, that's that's not going to happen. Unlimited funds. Uh, that's a Democrat. Absolutely a Democrat on display. Really, really disturbing. Uh, there's another story that I apparently missed on The Blaze, but I caught it. Somebody else sent it to me this morning, and I didn't realize that I had missed it, but Bob Beckel's been fired again. From Fox News, Bob Beckel, the guy who had a little problem in the past with his his mouth and then went away and 
and when he was gone, he went through rehab. Apparently, Bob Beckel had some demons, and um, he he fixed them, and then came back, and then just recently joined the five again, and now they have fired him. And so I I'm sorry if I missed the story on the Blaze, Kate Scanlon. It just showed up 30 minutes ago, and now it's there. But they fired him. Apparently, something to do. Uh, with an insensitive remark to an African-American employee, and it was off camera. Now, the remark happened Tuesday evening. There was a report of it to the HR department at Fox, and they held a 48-hour investigation and decided that he needed to go today. So another firing at Fox News, but this time a guy who's roundly known and no pun intended with round because Bob is a little portly. Uh, but he's known as as the kind of the house liberal. He's the guy they bring in to keep the to keep the fair and balanced end of things on the five. And I thought Beckel had had beaten his demons. Well, apparently he's got another one in there. So that's unfortunate for him. You don't want to see anybody get fired. Not from a broadcast gig. Maybe they're making room for Jason Chaffetz, right? Jason Chaffetz reportedly going to Fox News after he steps down from his his job in Congress. I do question the wisdom of Fox trading Kimberly Guilfoyle for Jason Chaffetz. I think um, I think they better get a few more draft picks. You know, Chaffetz, uh, yeah, he's a decent guy, but Guilfoyle's smart and attractive personal opinion coming out don't hate but uh, that big news just happening and uh, I'm sorry Kate Scanlon she's giving me a hard time online telling me you know you need to read the blaze if you're going to be talking about the stuff that we because I kind of hinted hey anybody seen this yeah you need to read the blaze it's on the blaze but it's right there on the front page Fox News fires the five co-host Bob Beckel second time Bob it's kind of like an annual event in the day after Roger Ailes died. When we get back, I have to I have to get into the Maxine Waters, the latest Maxine Waters screw up. Uh I do have Where is that? I I spoke with Jessica Gallagher in Jerusalem today about what's going on with the the visit from Donald Trump and she talked to me about Trump visiting the Wailing Wall. Donald Trump will be the first sitting president to visit the Wailing Wall. At least that's according to Jessica Gallagher from Fox News Radio. I was not aware of that because it's such such a holy place and regarded to be very important to different faiths. It has been sort of a diplomatic no-no for a sitting president to go to the Wailing Wall while visiting Israel. And so it's usually apparently something one does after one leaves office. But Donald Trump is going to do it. Netanyahu will reportedly not be with him when he visits the Wailing Wall. He's going on his own. They they asked for that to be a solo visit. So more on that. Maxine Waters. There's a big ACLU story out of Delaware. And I disagree with the message they're protecting, but I agree with the protection of free speech. So we'll get into that story 
top of the next hour. You just have to come right back, right? I'll see you here. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. There are some interesting things going on as the president and first lady and a host of obviously staff and security get ready to head towards Saudi Arabia. Some interesting details already out of this trip. Did you know? Did you know that there's already big business being done? on this this first foreign nation trip for President Trump. Uh, the Saudis are going to announce $190 billion in weapons purchase. $190 billion. That's a bunch of money. That's a huge chunk of money. And that, that weapons purchase will, will be doing business with American companies. So that's manufacturing. That's straight out of, I hope you bought into those defense industry ETFs because under President Trump, defense stocks are doing great. So uh, hang on one second here. I'm just checking something that's coming through. Yeah, yeah, we were right. Yeah, it is $109 billion in arms sales to the Saudis. Makes Trump look like a deal maker already. And the president has said some pretty interesting things about this trip in advance of the trip. And he's going to be, as the guy who said America first, you know, so many times he said, I'm all about America first. For him to be facing world leaders, especially initially, a bunch of world leaders and nation leaders from Muslim countries, after all the things that have been said about him about from the left. Oh, how he hates Muslims. Remember Pelosi. He doesn't like Muslims. He's prejudiced against Muslims. All of the rhetoric and the first group that Trump is meeting with will be predominantly Muslims. And he's going to propose some pretty interesting things. We're hearing. Now, you never know until he gets there, right? We never actually will know until we hear the real story. So I can't wait. I want you to look at something else that's going on right now. There are, boy, how to, how to put this correctly. There are efforts underway by the mainstream media, and we, we played the examples earlier of how MSNBC and CNN are trying to basically smear Donald Trump, to diminish Trump, to make him seem like a child when they talk about his shortest tension span and need for compliments and you have to have uh, lots of graphics in your presentations and his name has to be mentioned on on every page in a few places to keep his attention they're really trying to diminish him at the same time now I've started to notice something that I think you should be aware of now they're trying to take down Mike Pence you see I think 
I think the left has finally realized that if if you're going to go after Donald Trump and God forbid you're successful Democrats, the reality is be careful what you wish for because you're going to have President Pence. And I think the left, the only thing they fear more than President Trump for four or eight years would be President Pence. I think that would be their absolute worst nightmare. So just watch and see what you're saying. You're, see what you're seeing. You're, you're hearing many things now in stories about Pence. And you're hearing many things about he's fed up. He's tired. He's getting, he's getting tired of being the guy who has to go out there and support Trump. I don't think that's true. But just watch. Just put that in the back of your head. Now, the president addressed uh, more of the witch hunt yesterday. I don't know if you caught some of this, but the president was talking more and more about um, what, what he has called the witch hunt by the press against him when it comes to the relationship to Russia. I think it's totally ridiculous. Everybody thinks so. Do they? Well, everybody, not everybody, Mr. President. Nancy Pelosi doesn't think it's ridiculous, but a lot of us think it's getting to be ridiculous. Well, I respect the move, but the entire thing has been a witch hunt, and uh, there is no collusion between certainly myself and my campaign, but I can always speak for myself and the Russians, zero. That's the president talking about the appointment of the special counselor to look into any collusion between his campaign and the Russians. And there, the mainstream media has been tearing apart this sentence at the very end of this when he talks about, I can only speak for myself. And my campaign, but I can always speak for myself and the Russians, zero. I can always speak for myself and the Russians. When it comes to myself and the Russians, there was zero collusion. And there have been many people saying, why is he throwing his team under the bus? He's not throwing his team under the bus. He's absolutely not. He's, he's not getting in the way of things. He's speaking only on that of which he knows everything about. He continued. I think it divides the country. I think we have uh, a very divided country because of that and many other things. Uh, so I can tell you that uh, we want to bring this great country of ours together. Yes, we do want to bring this great country of ours together. There's no collusion. Uh, Russia is fine. But whether it's Russia or anybody else, my total priority, believe me, is the United States of America. Now, Trump seems to be maybe taking the advice of Charles Krauthammer. Krauthammer, who said the president needs to do what Bill Clinton did in the middle of the Monica Lewinsky scandal. And that's not give it much attention, but just keep going forward with your agenda, pushing tax cuts, pushing the repeal and replacement of Obamacare. But when the president said it's a witch hunt, and he also said, as he did at the at the Coast Guard graduation the other day, when he said that he's feeling like he's been under attack by the media more than any other president in history. Van Jones took exception to that. Yes, Van Jones has now declared Donald Trump to be President Snowflake. Van Jones last night on CNN with a, a panel all over decided he was going to take on Donald Trump 
and declare him to be weak. What's interesting is a different Donald Trump. When he ran, he was this, this tough guy. This guy's going to get things done, this great negotiator. He was Trumpzilla. He was going to make Washington you know, bow down. He was going to drain the swamp. Now he's President Snowflake, okay? Everything he said, oh, they're mean to me, and they don't like me, and I just don't understand it, and it's not fair. Van Jones, on May 18th, 2017 declared Donald Trump to be President Snowflake. I'm just wondering if we're going to see that as a talking point. I'm just wondering if that's going to come out. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But it, the best thing, as I mentioned, what Trump should be doing and what the Republicans should be doing is not getting caught up in all this. Not getting caught up in all this is to move forward to get on with the business you're supposed to be doing, the things you told us you were going to be doing, like tax reform, like repealing and replacing Obamacare. And so yesterday, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin came out and delivered some of the news. And this actually seems to have also pushed the markets higher again and solidified some of the banking stocks who were worried about, all the bankers and banking stocks who were worried about the fact that because of all this drama in Washington, we weren't going to get those tax cuts that we were promised. Well, this was Mnuchin yesterday, and it's wonky, but I think it also signals that there are people working in the background to keep the, the train on the tracks, the Trump train on the tracks, and maybe get his agenda moving forward again. Turning to our domestic agenda, it has been more than 30 years since we have had comprehensive tax reform in this country. Combined with often imprudent regulations crafted in the midst of the crisis, the entire American prosperity has slowed. I believe that a goal of 3% GDP or higher economic growth is achievable if we make historic reforms to both taxes and regulation. There are about 100 people working at the Treasury on the issue of tax reform. It is our goal to bring relief to middle-income Americans and make American business competitive again. We will do this all while simplifying the tax system. This, this speech, as, again, as wonky as it was, has a couple things in it that most economists will say, look, you're, you're not going to get to the 3% GDP growth not unless you make some pretty serious changes to the tax code and get money flowing into the economy and get people working again. That's obviously a, a key point. So most folks are skeptical there. But to hear that there are 100 people in the Treasury Department working on developing uh, some sort of tax relief that will help the middle class, that bolstered the, the feeling in, Wash in uh, Wall Street. And you're seeing the market up over 150 points today. You're seeing the market kind of come back. We were down 372 points on Wednesday, picked up about 56 yesterday, another 150 today. We're still down over 150 from, from the big hit on Wednesday, but we're making strong growth back. Now, in terms of simplifying the tax code, I don't know why you need 100 people to simplify the tax code unless they're shredding because the tax code is 80,000 pages. But let's just get down to the, the taxes that the president brought up. Simplify it, three to four brackets, 
keep the mortgage interest deduction and and make sure you take care of people like our truckers who had that vital deduction for their overnight trips you got to have a few of those but just make sure it's it's i'm going to use the word the snowflakes use fair and you will you will bolster the middle class by making sure they can they can afford to pay their bills and maybe buy a house and that's one of the most important things if you can keep people buying homes and making cities grow the economy will roar again it's about building communities it is about the middle class so that made me feel better so as the president's packing up and getting ready to leave it's heartening to know that the that the treasury department's on the case and apparently they are taking a break when we get back um maxine is it maxine waters time are we going to have stick our toe in the waters file and have a little more fun with auntie maxine i think it's time why don't we do that next on pure opelka you're listening to pure opelka with mike opelka on the blaze radio network Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We'll get to uh, Maxine Waters here in just a minute. I just have to alert you to a story that was just handed to me by our internal team at TheBlaze.com. It's on the Daily Caller. The headline reads, Journalists have emotional and alcoholic issues. Journalists have emotional and alcoholic issues. They apparently, according to this study, have uh, difficulty regulating emotions and suppressing biases. Well, duh. But the the study, which I should tweet out a link to it, is from this woman, Tara Swart. And uh, it was supposed to look at a, a, a bunch of journalists. They had 90 people apply. 40 of them were selected on a first-come, first-served basis, but when the first 90 applied for this study, they had to drop out. A bunch of them had to drop out due to antidepressant use, which, you know, that's not really comforting. And then, so they got this group of 40 that they were going to survey all these journalists and see kind of what their life was like and how they respond to stress and deadlines, etc., And a failure to complete all of the elements in the required time meant that only 21 people finished it, the whole test. So this study on journalists is based on just 21 participants. Just kind of seems a little shady. But what did they learn? Uh, They learned that the people who live finishing dead by, by living up to deadlines actually had problems with the deadlines of this survey, which I think is pretty funny. And they also, uh, well, we'll, we'll, you know, we should get Tara on. That's what I need to do. I I need to get this woman on and talk about this study and see why journalists, what do you, why are you trying to hurt journalists? But I wanted to get into the um, Maxine Waters was on Morning Joe again, flapping her gums about uh, the impeachment because this is her dream. Impeachment is her dream. Here's Maxine Waters 
on uh, Morning Joe. Hang on a second. My computer just crashed. It is horrible. It's absolutely horrible. So I'm not going to be able to give you Maxine Waters here unless it comes back in a second, which it's not. So you're going to have to hang on. We're going to have to give you the Maxine Waters just around the corner. Uh, but actually, it'll be in the middle of the next hour because at the top of the hour, we have a very special guest joining us, uh, the Delaware director of the American Civil Liberties Union is joining us. Here's the story. A woman in a small town in Delaware put some signs up on her lawn, signs that say, love Trump's hate and women's rights are human rights. The local town said, you got to take those signs down, ma'am. There's no election. She said they're not election signs. And the ACLU is suing to give her the right to keep them up. I disagree with the message. I agree with the free speech. We'll talk about it next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.